Welcome to Rock and Roll Flashback. I'm Bill Price, and we'll be looking back at some of rock and roll's greatest artists, songs, and stories. In this edition of Rock and Roll Flashback, we will focus on the beginning of rock and roll, the influences that helped shape its sound, and some of the artists that made it all happen. You might wonder, what was the first rock and roll record? Unfortunately, there is disagreement as to which record deserves that honor. Over the years, several titles have been proposed. However, in order to try and establish the first rock and roll record, we first have to look into the foundation of rock and roll. The origin of the term rock and roll has an interesting history. It was used by sailors to describe the motion of ships, hence the expression rocking and rolling. And beginning in the 20th century, the phrase was also used in black church rituals. In 1934, the film Transatlantic Merry-Go-Round featured the song Rock and Roll by the Boswell Sisters. In 1940, several recordings involving swing, blues, and gospel employed the phrase rock and roll. This style of music was typically referred to as rhythm and blues. Then in 1942, Billboard magazine began using the term to describe upbeat recordings, such as Rock Me by Sister Rosetta Tharp, the style being described as rock and roll spiritual singing. Interestingly, in 1943, a music venue called the Rock and Roll Inn was opened in South Mercantville, New Jersey. Shaboom by the Chords, which was released in 1954, is considered as the first rock and roll record by some music authors and historians. Shaboom initially entered the rhythm and blues chart, and by mid-year it had generated enough sales to enter the national chart of best-selling songs. A few months earlier, the Crows released G, but it did not make it into the top ten. Shaboom, on the other hand, only took three weeks to reach the top ten position. Another record that is often mentioned as the original rock and roll record is Rocket 88, credited to Jackie Brinston and his Delta Cats. But in reality, it was Ike Turner and his backup band, the Kings of Rhythm. Brinston, who sang the lead vocal, was Ike Turner's saxophonist. Although Jackie was credited as the songwriter, Ike was the actual composer. The song was recorded in Memphis, Tennessee in March 1951 by Sam Phillips for Sun Records. It was then licensed to Chess Records for national distribution and reached the number one spot on the Rhythm and Blues chart. Although Rocket 88 is considered as the first rock and roll record, not everybody would agree. In an interview, Ike Turner himself stated the following, quote, Rocket 88 was not rock and roll, but instead rhythm and blues. But I think Rocket 88 is the cause of rock and roll existing. So where does that leave us? Other music critics and historians have offered other candidates from the 1940s, such as Strange Things Happening Every Day, 
That's all right. Move it on over. Rock a while, the fat man, and rock the joint, which was later covered by Bill Haley and his Comets in 1952. So it comes down to who you ask and their musical inclinations as to which is considered as the first rock and roll record. At the beginning of the 1950s, popular music, often referred to as pop, took on many influences from swing, jazz, folk, rhythm and blues, country, and gospel. After the 1940s, younger audiences were looking for a new type of music to call their own. From all those styles, various artists began crafting new sounds, performing and recording a new type of music, which would ultimately develop into rock and roll. In 1952, Bill Haley formed The Comets, which is generally considered as the first rock and roll band. Before becoming The Comets, they were called The Saddlemen, known for playing country and western music. Also in 1952, Bob Horn's bandstand television program began. Later in 1956, it would become Dick Clark's American Bandstand, televised weekday afternoons from Philadelphia. The program would become instrumental in showcasing new talent to the nation and launching music careers. As rock and roll music began to evolve, another factor entered into the picture. AM radio. One of the first to recognize the potential of radio in promoting records was Cleveland, Ohio disc jockey Alan Freed. In 1951, he noticed the increased interest in sales of rhythm and blues records and began playing this music, eventually referring to it as rock and roll, which popularized the phrase. On an interesting note, AM radio station KOWH in Omaha, Nebraska, which was owned by Todd Stortz, was to play a role in how rock and roll music was broadcast on the radio. In 1953, it was the first station to utilize the Top 40 format, which usually involved playing only the most popular records. This concept eventually was adopted by other stations, and was instrumental in promoting rhythm and blues records, which eventually evolved into rock and roll. Typical playlists in the 1950s included such artists as Elvis Presley, Bill Haley, Chuck Berry, and Fats Domino. The first rock and roll song to enter the Billboard charts in 1953 was Bill Haley's Crazy Man Crazy. Beginning in 1954, record companies began issuing recordings in a new format the 45 RPM vinyl disc. Prior to this date, the larger 78 RPM discs were the norm. Also in 1954, the first portable transistor radio was introduced, allowing rock and roll music to be heard anywhere and at any time. On April 12, 1954, Bill Haley and his Comets recorded Rock Around the Clock. When it was first released, it was only a minor hit. However, when it was used in the opening sequence of the movie Blackboard Jungle in 1955, it became one of the biggest hits in rock and roll history and introduced the music to a worldwide audience. In July 1954, the regional hit That's All Right was recorded by Elvis Presley at Stone Studio in Memphis. 
Sun Studio also played an important role in recording what eventually came to be called rock and roll. In a future edition of Rock and Roll Flashback, we'll cover the history of Sun Studio. Haley's music, as well as other artists such as Buddy Holly, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, and Elvis Presley, came to be known as rockabilly performers. The work of the early rock and roll artists like Buddy Holly and Chuck Berry would later influence bands of the 60s like The Beatles and The Rolling Stones. In some of their first releases, both bands recorded cover songs from Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Carl Perkins, Little Richard, the Isley Brothers, and others. From the mid-1950s to 1960, rock and roll produced many memorable songs, some of which would be covered by various artists in the following years and decades. During the 1950s, rock and roll evolution continued with the release of new records by numerous artists, which included vocal groups and solo performers. However, the establishment had a different view on this new music called rock and roll. Many condemned it and labeled it as the devil's music, smut, while others claimed it contributed to juvenile delinquency. Toward the latter part of the 50s, another issue emerged that put a black eye on rock and roll, the pale hearings. Disc jockey Alan Freed and others were accused of accepting money in exchange for playing and promoting certain records. Even American bandstand's Dick Clark also found himself embroiled in the frenzy. However, Clark managed to avoid any legal issues since he was never accused of any wrongdoing. Alan Freed, on the other hand, did not fare well. As a result of the payola hearings, his career came to a grinding halt. Then in 1965, Freed passed away at the age of 43. Once the fervor of the Paola hearings subsided, rock and roll entered a new phase, with new artists that were not as wild as compared to some of the performers of the 50s. The big record companies responded to the earlier criticism by coming up with a tamer version of rock and roll. The result was a period in the early 60s of teen idols like Bobby V, Bobby Vinton, Fabian, Paul Anka, and Tommy Sands. In 1961, even band leader and television host Lawrence Welk managed to have an instrumental hit with Calcutta. Other notable instrumental hits of the early 60s include Floyd Kramer's Last Date, Bert Kampfert's Wonderland by Night, Al Hurt's Java, and the Village Stompers' Washington Square, none of which were really rock and roll records. In spite of the changes that took place as a result of the Paola hearings, Several artists of the 50s did manage to have some success well into the next decade. In the early 60s, the folk movement became popular, and such artists as the Kingston Trio, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Joan Baez, the Chad Mitchell Trio, the Highwaymen, and Bob Dylan produced several hits. Then in 1962, a new direction took place with the introduction of surf music in Southern California. Dick Dale is considered to be the originator of surf music and influenced the Beach Boys and the duo Jan and Dean to adopt surf music. Although the popularity of surf began as a regional trend, it spread to the rest of the country, especially through the music of the Beach Boys. For a short period, surf music became quite popular. Numerous surf bands, which were 
mainly based in Southern California, had several regional hits. Other notable surf bands include the Shantae's, the Safaris, the Lively Ones, and the Ventures. Interestingly, many surf bands initially were imitating the Ventures, and then the Ventures started imitating the surf bands. In 1964, the Ventures released a second version of Walk Don't Run, this time with a surf sound. The Surf's Up edition of Rock and Roll Flashback will cover the origin and development of surf music, so be sure to check that out. In the early 60s, other styles of music emerged from several legendary recording studios, including Motown's Hitsville, USA, Gold Star, Sun, Stax, Fame, Chess, and Muscle Shoals. These and other recording studios played an important role in the evolution of rock and roll. Then, in 1964, another event transformed rock and roll, the British Invasion. As the 60s began, some of the music and artists of the 50s had been mostly forgotten. This was especially true for rhythm and blues. However, thanks to the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and other British bands, the music was reintroduced, ironically, back to the U.S., where it all had originated. As a result, there was a rebirth in the interest of the old rock and roll songs and artists. This was evident in the early 70s when rock and roll revival concerts and movies such as American Graffiti and television shows like Happy Days began to appear. The popularity of artists such as Chuck Berry, Rick Nelson, Bobby V, and others continued well into the 70s and early 80s. As rock music continued to evolve in the following decades, a range of early influences were incorporated into new bands and musical styles. This has been Rock and Roll Flashback, a look back at the beginning and evolution of rock and roll. I'm Bill Price, and until next time, rock on, rock on, rock on.